Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening. It is a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited for another week of just sharing with you God's word, God's knowledge, and just um, everything that God has downloaded in my spirit to help um, help us to get um, on the right track with God. A lot of times what the Imperfectly Perfect and platform is all about is about learn, learning the fact that we are imperfectly perfect people. However, we are perfected through Christ. So any way, shape or form that God downloads um, fresh, a fresh word and fresh knowledge into my spirit, I'm going to do that because whatever God has uh, done to help me, that is what he has uh, put me to do to help encourage you guys to make sure that we are on the right track. So with that being said, I'm going to say a word of prayer. We're going to go over view what we talked about last week, and then we're going to continue with this um, topic. So, there any Father God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. We thank you, God, for what you're doing, God, in each and every one of our lives, God, in spite of what has taken place, God, whether we had a bad day, God, or whether it is, the God, we are um, believing you, God, to turn some situations around, God. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, God, for this time, for this moment. God, that we have got to spend time with you, God, and learn more about your word, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that for those that are watching, for those that will be listening, God, that you will touch their hearts, God, to be able to receive from you, that they will hearts them will not be hardened, God, and they will have an ear to hear and the ear to listen in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that everything, God, that you plan, God, to take place, God. You have, God, the floor, God. This is your platform. I am just your humble servant, God. It's the honor, and God is a privilege and an honor to be used, God, for your glory. So, Holy Spirit, I come against God any technical difficulties. I come against anything that is not like you, God. Any God malice, God, that the enemy is trying to God um, cause to manifest, God, is already stopping its tracks, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you again for tuning in to another live segment of Imperfectly Perfect Live. All of my followers on Instagram and on Facebook, welcome. And to the listeners that will be listening on, our, on all of our podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. All right, guys, so what we were talking about, for those of you that are unaware of the series that we're um, on, we are on the God's Love Languages series. And with that, the five love languages are, and by now, for those of you that have been watching this series for the last two months, you should know what the five love languages are. But as a teacher, I have to do a review because I never know who's going to be watching, who's new that's going to be watching, who's um, new that's going to be listening. So the five love languages are, saying with me, I know I can't hear you, but just saying with me, are number one, quality time, number two, touch. Number three, words of affirmation. Number four, acts of service. And number five, gifts. Gifts. So throughout this series, we have went through all of them. We are now on acts of service. We went over quality time. We talked about touch. We talked about words of affirmation. We talked about receiving gifts. And now we are on acts of service. And even in between gifts and acts of service, God had me to touch on getting back to our first love with him. Talked about a father's love. We talked about just understanding God's love in general because we don't understand who God is with him being love himself. We won't understand the love languages. We won't even be able to be able to reciprocate 
those love languages to God and to others as well. So also love, it is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings concern for the good of another. And language simply means communication of meaning in any way, medium that is expressive, significant. And we, we talked about this throughout the series that communication language is, it can be, language can be, you know, in a form of voice, which is the most popular, but there is sign language. There is language through uh, touch. There is language through um just communicating through art, communicating through dance, communicating through singing, there is through uh, communicating through a poetry. There are so many different ways that we can communicate. And that is why love language is so important because God has shown us that through love, we can show that, okay, this, I communicate my love by way of acts of service. I communicate my love by way of gifts. I communicate my love by way of quality time. So those are, um, just some distinctive things that God wants me to illustrate. If you don't learn nothing else, <laughs> you need to know that for sure. So the reason why God told me to do this series is so that we can get a better understanding of God's love languages because he's the creator of it, even though um, Gary Chapman wrote this book. However, he wants us to reciprocate this love. As his children, as God's children, we need to be reciprocating the love that God gives to us. We need to reciprocate because a lot of times we just, uh, God is giving, 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 and we're just taking, taking, taking. And God is like, no, I created you because God created us because he wanted to create a people that is going to choose to serve God, is going to choose to love him, that's going to choose to worship him, that's going to choose to praise him. That is why God created us. So we are, if he, if we are not reciprocating his love, the love that God gives to us, then he's like, you're not fulfilling the purpose that I created you for. And that is not cool with God. So our subtopic tonight, of course, we're on the God's Love Language series. I'm not sure if this is going to be the end of it. We'll see. Um, but we are doing acts of service. We started acts of service last week. We're going to continue along with um, this subtopic and acts. X, the word X means take action. And this is just a plural um, form of act. Take action, do something. So when you are doing something uh, such as an act, you are taking action. You are moving. You are um, in the, the verb form. You are simply doing something. You're doing something. Service. Employment as a servant. In other words, an act of helpful activity, helpful activity, you are helping your aid. So you are doing something that is helpful to others. When that is in the natural, when that is your love language, like that is one of my love languages. Um, when I'm expressing my love to people, my number one is acts of service. Why? Because the way I show my love to my loved ones, to the people that are close to me, or just in general, mainly for the people that are close that I'm closer to, I love showing my love to them by saying, "If there's anything I can do, can I help out?" I'm I'm that person. Like, hey, if you need me to help out with this party, if you need me to do this, I'm the person that is is trying to help and. 
that can be, this is a sidebar, that can be a good and a bad thing. I have learned that along the way. Why? Because when you love others, if acts of service is the way you express your love, that can be a bad thing because there are times when loved ones, they know this about you and they may take advantage of that because, and then you're pitting others, you're pitting um, others' um, events, you're pitting others' uh, vision, you're pitting everybody else above yourself, which is nothing wrong with being selfish. We're going to get into that later on. However, we should not be doing that to the point that we are putting their those, their things before the, the agenda that God has for our lives. Because every good thing is not a God thing. And we can't put ourselves in a position where we're saying yes to everything and we're not seeking God first to see, Lord, is this what you really want me to do? God, I know that I desire to help out my friend. I know the desire to help out in this area. But God, are you really giving me the provision to do so? Or am I just doing this on our own? Because then what's going to happen is, is that when you don't have time to finish that book that God is telling you to do, when you don't have time to go with the school because you're doing everything else that, and God is like, I didn't even tell you to do that. And you're like, well, God, I don't have time. And Lord, I'm tired. And God is like, well, if you wasn't trying to be, I was about to say something. Thank you, Lord, Spirit, for helping me. If you wasn't trying to be Superman or Superwoman, then you will have the time to actually do what I actually instructed you to do. So we just got to be careful with this, this acts of service and a natural and a spirit. We got to be careful with that because if you're not seeking God for instructions, you're not seeking God for uh, clarity and whether or not he is give, if he is giving you provision to do that, then you're going to find yourself in a position where you are, where you're tired, where you're frustrated because you are helping out in areas that God didn't give you the grace to do so. That God didn't even give you the grace to do so. My God. It, that must needed to be said because I didn't expect to go that route. However, definitely take um, note to that. So acts, service is an act of helpful activity, being helpful to others. And I'm just going to a quick review and then we're going to continue on with this particular topic. So God loves, God loves us through, God loves us through acts of service by number one, breathing life into us, breathing life into us. And these are just some things that I touched on last week is that God loved us by breathing life into us. God's, well, I, I uh, clarified it last week, is that uh, even before God breathing life into us, he showed acts of service by, by creation, by creating all things. God made sure that we had everything we needed on this earth. He made sure that we had everything we needed on this earth. The, um, he created the... The heavens and the earth. He created day and night. He separated the time from day and night. He created the moons and the stars. He created the sun and to be able to, to dif differentiate, be able to um, to tell what is day and what is night. He created um, he created the waters and created made the the heavens and, and the and the earth to be separate. He he made sure that we had food 
make sure that we had trees, make sure that we had, you know, whatever it was necessary. And trees bring forth oxygen, make sure that we able to breathe. It's just those things that we take for granted that God thought about even before he created man, even before he breathed life into man. He thought about everything that was needed on earth because he knew that at some point during creation that he was going to create mankind and mankind needs all of these things. So let me establish the earth. Let me establish some things in the earth before I breathe life into them, before I breathe life into mankind, because I am creating this for a people that is going to choose to serve me. I'm creating this for a people that's going to choose to, to worship. That I'm going to creating, creating this for a people that's going to choose to serve me for the rest of their lives. So God first acts of service was to creation. And then we created mankind. He breathed life into us. He breathed life into us. And he breathed his breath. He breathed his breath because we read, we went over it last week, but you know what? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to read it anyway. Genesis 2 verse 7. <clears throat> In the Amplified Version. Genesis 2, verse 7, Amplified. And it says, Then the Lord God formed that is created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and in spirit. And I went over more of that last week because that just blew my mind of how when God breathed his breath into our body, he made us complete. In the natural, because body, thank you, Holy Spirit, because body is representing natural. So in the natural and in the spirit, God created us when he breathed life into us. He completed us in the natural and in the spirit. He thought about all these things. This is his way of being, of of showing, being helpful. Being helpful, he knew that we needed to be complete in the natural, in the spirit. Why? Because it's important that we have a balanced lifestyle. You can't, you know, there, listen, I'll admit this a lot of times. My friends say that I can be deep sometimes. I know that. So you have to learn how to have a balance. You can't be super deep and you can't be super carnal. Like you got to be able to have a balanced lifestyle. You can't be like, you can't be all about the flesh and you can't all be all about the spirit. You have to be able to have some common sense about yourself to be able to how to maneuver in, in the life that we have here because we are living in the world, right? We're not of the world, but we're living in the world. So we have to be able to have balance. So when God is saying complete in the natural and in the spirit. Number two, we said that, God loves us through acts of service by answering when we call on him. Answering when we call on him, right? So when God is saying, when, and how do we do that? When we pray, that is our communication with God. When we pray, God, there are moments where, you know, and that's what I touched on last week is that, mm, it's not always going to be times that when we call that God answers because it, it may not be the right timing. 
We may not be be ready to receive what God has to say. We may not be able to receive the promises in its manifestation state. There are moments. So, but when God does answer, when God when God speaks, we need to take heed to His voice and actually listen to what is being said. Number three, we said that when when God sent Jesus to sacrifice His life for us, that was an act of service because He saw the state that we were in as human beings. He saw that we were going down a path of of self destruction of self-destruction, living a life full of sin leads to a eternal life in hell. When we live a life full of sin, it leads, and when we don't accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are on our way to hell when this life here is over. So God, with because he, he has unconditional love for us, you say, you know what? I'm going to send my only begotten son and I'm going to send him so that he can be the ransom so that he can make the, be the price so that he can pay the price for their sins. And then they can have the, the um, option to choose. There you go. God still gives us free will for the option to choose to, to set Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. And when they have that option, now I give them the gift of salvation, which gives them eternal life when this life on earth is over. And they are forgiven for their sins. And even when, because it's not saying that when Jesus died for the redemption of our sins, that we will never sin again, because we all fall short of God's glory. However, it's saying that when we sin, because we will sin, even in their, their sins that are known and unknown, so when we do sin, God says, "I'm because you're now in covenant with with um, Jesus Christ. Now you have the um, provision to repent. Repentance means that you turn away, you turn away from those things that are not like God, and you say, Lord, forgive me, and are actually remorseful. It means that you are actually mean, Lord. I'm sorry for doing these things, and God gives me the strength to turn away to not go back to it." So that's with salvation. That's the benefit of being saved. Number four, God loves us through acts of service by supplying all of our needs, supplying all of our needs. I mean, that that is one of the, so God should just, you know, give us everything. I mean, like I say, he did it all with creation and making sure that we have all of the necessities that we need. And that's not even just talking about natural things. That's talking about spiritual things. That's talking about emotional things. That's talking about anything that we need, making sure that we have a sound mind, making sure that we have peace in our lives. That is what God is talking about. For us to not be so consumed with the fact that, oh, Lord, I don't have um, food on the table, you know, because you can have, you can be rich. You can be rich and have all the money, cards, all, all the things, right? But if you don't have a peace of mind, none of that matters. I think I used this example for one of my favorite comedians, Robert Williams, not the Lord Jesus, Robin, Jesus, Robin Williams. When he passed away, I was just like, Lord, 
I really just not questioned God, but I was like, Lord, like what, what was going on with him? Because knowing that he committed suicide and just seeing how his sole purpose in life was to see that he made other people smile. Robin Williams made other people laugh. He made people smile. He just had such a, a, um, his comedy was so pure. And it was like, you know, a, a lot of his, a lot of his work, families can watch it. So it was family oriented. Like when you watch, you know, his, Mrs. Doubtfire is one of my favorite movies. Just watching, you know, some of those things, it's just like, wow, how can an actor of his, of his stat, of his stature make other people smile and, his, and he loves doing it, but internally, he was going through internally he his mind he was messed up he was not happy he was not at peace with his life and that proves that if you don't have jesus if you do not have jesus in your life that is the missing link because there's a difference between being happy Thank you, Holy Spirit. The difference between being happy and having joy. Because happiness is temporarily. Happiness is temporary. But when you have joy, whew, only God can give you joy. Because joy is, you can have joy in the midst of the storm. Even when you're going through, even when it's like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But God gives you joy, unspeakable joy. You can have laughter in the midst of heartache. Why? Because you just think of the goodness of Jesus. And even though, Lord, I might not have everything I want, but Lord, you have brought me through. God, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being there for me, making sure that, that I have comfort, making sure that I have help, making sure that I have strength in my time of need. Joy, unspeakable joy. Supplying all of your needs. And then we also talked about how God says he requires for us to serve because we are created in his image. We are created in his image. That's why we require to serve because if God, if God is um, the best teacher for us to learn how to serve. If we are created in his image, then he is requiring for us. He has expectation for us to do what he does. For us to do what he does. And I'm going to this scripture really quickly. Trying, trying my best to move on, but wherever the Holy Spirit lead me, God, I'll go. Genesis 1, verse 26 through 27, in the Amplified Version says, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So this, is what I, this is what I emphasized last week when God is talking about spiritual personality. So when he's talking about Creating us, man, mankind in his image. He's not talking about for us to physically look like him because what we know that God is a spirit. So we can't physically look like him. But when he's talking about us being like him 
in, in his image. He's talking about his personality. So if God is a, has a servant, if he is a servant, then he is requiring for his children, those that he created in his image, to be servants as well, to be selfless. We're going to get to characteristics in a minute, to be available, to be, um, to be humble. He's requiring from that from us. That's what God requires. And a lot of time, a lot of time we get so engrossed with ourselves that we forget that God created us. God created us to be servants. God had created us for, to be selfless. Our prayer when we wake up in the morning, Lord, how can I be used for your glory? What is it that you need me to do? We need to have a servant's heart. We should have a servant's heart. So, and then the quote that I'm sure last week is that good leaders must first become good servants. If you desire to be a good leader, you got to know how to serve. You got to first be a good servant first. You got to. You can't say, oh, I want to be a leader. And then also you have to learn learn how to follow. You have to learn how to follow the disciples. Disciples mean, the, the word disciple means follower of Christ. And, and these mighty men of God, and yes, uh, Jesus had many disciples. He had more than 12. I don't know the, the exact right off of hand, but he had more than 12. But those particular ones, those 12 were the ones that walked with him cl more closely. And even within that 12, he had three that he really had that was really like tight. Ace Boone Coons with him. And that was Peter, James, and John. But with those 12, they walked, they followed Jesus. They saw him perform miracle signs and wonders. They saw him going into temples and teaching. They saw him lay hands on the sick. They saw him cast out demons. They followed Jesus. These 12 men, and Judas, he forfeited his birthright by betraying Jesus. But even before so, he still was learning from Jesus. And in order for you to be a leader, you have to learn how to serve. They served him. And when Jesus left and now he's seated in heavenly places on the right hand of the father, when he left, they received all the training that was needed. And then God says, go. He said, go in Mark 16, verse 15. He said, go and preach the gospel. Share the good news. That's what gospel means, good news. He said, go and share the good news. He said, I've taught you everything that you need to know. You follow me. You watch me. Now that you know what it means to be a leader by following me, now I need you to be to go and share the good news so that other people can be followers and other people can be disciples. God trained, Jesus trained them to be fishers of men. He trained them to be fishers of men. 
But that's why when you desire to be a leader, you got to learn that you're going to need some mentors in your life. You got to learn that you're going to need a good covering in your life. And this is not just talking about the spiritual, talking about the natural too, because when you are an entrepreneur, you need to have a business mentor. You need to have somebody who has already been successful in that business. They already shown they may, and they have proof that they had, that they, um, that they know the certain keys and tools that what it means to be a successful business person. You can't just go out there and just be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go out there and, and you don't even know the ins and outs of the business. You don't even know what product, what certain places to source the product. You don't know what it means to create a certain budget. You don't know what it means to have, um, what's it called? Um, help me, Holy Spirit. A roster for employees. You don't know what it means to pay, how to go about paying for your employees. You don't know what it means to have a business plan. You don't know the ins and outs of these things. You don't know what it means to be in a great location. You don't even know what it means to to uh, to be open certain hours because of the consumers that you have. You don't know what it means to market. But yet and still, you're still trying to be out here, and you not you haven't even followed someone. Who is successful and you just want to go ahead and start this business so these keys are not just talking about the spiritual but they're also talking about the natural too that's why it's important to have a balanced lifestyle be complete as we talked about earlier being complete in the natural and in the spirit that's what god created us to do when he breathed his breath into us he said you are complete in body and spirit or in you are complete in the natural as well as the spirit So now <laughs> we're ready to move on. We're ready to move on and complete this particular. Yes, mommy, in order to be a follower, you must be. You must be. In order to be a good seven, you must be a good follower. Yes, indeed. Yes, Laura. Laura, a balanced lifestyle. Exactly. So let's get into now. We need to get to some characteristics of a leader slash servant. Because to be a leader, they are one and the same. If you are a leader, you are a servant. If you are a servant, you are a leader. And I think I touched on this before at some point is that some people think that, um, that they're not called to be leaders. But I, <laughs> in that scripture again, Mark 16, 15, let's go there. Mark 16, 15. The word of God says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, to all creation. And then I'm going to read in 16, verse 16 says, he who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who, who has not believed will be condemned. So. This is saying that whoever believes in Jesus, we are called to share the gospel. So whether or not you are called to be evangelists, you are called to share the gospel. We are called to lead others to Christ. Therefore, and other, there go that word lead. The root word of leader is lead. If we, if God has called us to lead others to Christ, then we are called to be a leader. 
And this is this is where the clarification either comes from. Leader doesn't mean that you are okay. If you, if you say okay, well, I'm not called to the masses. That's not what a leader is about. You can be a leader and you can be called to a small group of five. You're still a leader. Why? Because God called for us to lead others to Christ. And we make things so complicated because a lot of times, say if you're a hairstylist, you could like my friend Majita, I'll just, you know, put her out there in front street. That's my, my great girlfriend. She's a hairstylist. And in her shop, she really, um, she really loves just having, she has the type of business where she doesn't really like having too many clients at one time. She really specializes in having one client at one time and she schedules herself accordingly. And with that, she's able to, as she's doing hair, she's able to just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her client. And with that, because she's a woman of God, because she is saved, you never know what God may download into her spirit during that time that God may just use her to speak life into that person. Because listen, whether you're a man or a woman, if you are a hairstylist or a barber, when we sit in that chair, they are literally like therapists that do hair. Yes. They are crafty with their hands, but it's just something about them doing your hair. You just feel comfortable sitting there and then talking a lot of times because it may take them a while to do it. So you're doing that hour or two that they're doing your hair, sometimes more, you know, if you're getting braids. Hello. <laughs> you know, you're taking that time and you're having one-on-one -on -one conversations with your stylist, right? So during that time, God uses her. We can, we listen, that's how we became friends because we'll have a conversation and then she, she um, begins to say some things that God revealed to her. And I'm just like, wow, who would have thought? Who would have thought that just by me getting my hair done, that God began to speak life into me by way of my hairstylist who was now my friend. So this is the thing. You cannot limit how God will use you. You just have to be available, which you want to get to in a second, which is number one. Characteristics of a leader slash servant is being available. In order to be a leader or servant, you have to, number one, be available. Because so many people that, because the word of God says many are called, but few are chosen. And you know why the word of God says that? Because there are so many people that God called. There's so many people that come, um, that come across knowing who Jesus is. But there are a lot of people who don't answer the call. They don't answer the call. They, they found out who Jesus is. They're like, oh, okay, but, and it's like, no, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to do all of that. And they put Jesus to the side and then they never know it's going to be too late. But for those people that say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing, those are the chosen ones. Those are the chosen ones. Why? Because with, the, with God giving us free will, we have the choice to serve him. We have the choice to rely on him. We have the choice. So God says, in order to be a leader or servant, you have to, number one, be available. Let's go to Isaiah 
Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, in the NIV version. It says, this is Isaiah speaking. <clears throat> it says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. My God, Isaiah, Isaiah said, here I am, send me. How many of us have actually said that to God? That when God is calling for you, and you say if you're in, in a room full of people and it said, who is going to, I need help you know, in this area, or you know, I need uh, certain people to go out and evangelize, and you hear God calling you, are you going to say, here I am, God send me? Or I'm going to say, no, I got a hair appointment that day, or I got a no appointment, or no, I just don't feel like it. I just feel like, I don't feel like, you know, uh, giving up my Saturday. I, I like, you know, sleeping in and all of that. Or are you going to say, here I am, God, I hear you calling me, send me. I'm available. I choose to sacrifice my time. I choose to sacrifice what would bring me pleasure because if you are in need of me, here I am. Send me. Why? Because I choose to serve you. Why? Because I choose. I choose to serve. I choose to serve. Because what I what I uh, make clarification last week about is that God is not in need of us because he doesn't need our help. Let's let's be clear. God can do this on his own. But he requires because we established that already. Right. God requires for us to serve. He doesn't need us to serve. It's a big difference. God requires for us to serve. Why? Because he created us in his image. He gave us his personality, his spiritual personality. So if God serves, we are required to serve. We must be available. Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 17 through 18 in the Amplified Version. And it says, and Jesus said to them, here we go, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same half of life that I walk and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 18 says, immediately, come on, Holy Ghost, immediately they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. My God. Jesus said, follow me. Let me be your master and your teacher. Let me show you the walk. Let me show you the way. And he said immediately they left everything. They, I mean, you had, listen, you had some of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. I mean, they already had a thing going for themselves. 
they left everything they had to follow Jesus, to serve him so that he can be their master teacher, so they can learn from him. And then in result, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. What do we say fishers of men are? They are the ones that are leading others to Christ. I'll make you fishers of men. So number one, we have to be available. <clears throat> Characteristics of a leader slash servant. Excuse me. Number two, we have to be humble. We have to have humility. We have to have humility. We cannot be a leader or a servant and we have a heart full of pride. We can't, nobody can tell us anything. You know, we, we think that we higher, you know, higher than, than everybody. We think that we're better than everybody. We can't expect to be a leader or a servant if we do not have humility. If we don't have humility, let's go to Micah. Hi, Jasmine on Instagram. Let's go to Micah. Chapter 6, verse 8. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, He has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? They go that word require. Except to be just and to love and to diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. To be humble is to pitch your pride aside, to pitch yourself, yourself aside. Say, Lord, here I am. I come to you humbly as I know how. Whatever it is, whatever it is that needs to be done, that means when you are humble, that means that um, accepting correction when need be. That when you have your mentors telling you that you need to um, do better, be better in communication, that you need to be better with your attitude, that you need to be better about your time, that you need to be a better steward over your money. When you have friends, mentors, your pastors telling you certain things about yourself, you need to put your pride aside because they only, only, only are trying to make you a better person. They're just trying to make you a better person. And if you truly trust the Christ that is in them, then you will know that this is not them trying to come at your neck. This is not them trying to, you know, belittle you, not trying to um, make it seem like they're better than you. No, if you truly know them and trust the Christ that is in them, you know that they're only coming from a genuine place. They're only coming from a place where of love to say, listen, you got to get better at, at how you deal with people. You coming off it is very nasty. You got to learn how to humble yourself. It's, All right. I accept that. And then go to God and say, Lord, help me in this area. I realized that I did this in my weak point. So God, I need you to help me, make me strong in this area. Because with God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So we have to understand that. Let's go to 1 Peter 5, verse 5.
in the NIV. And it says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Why does God show favor to the humble? Because in spite of how they feel, in spite of, you know, the agenda they may have, if they know this is not God's will, if they know that this is this is God's plan, they're going to humble themselves and say, Lord, let your will be done. Not my will, let your will be done. And God says, I show favor to them because they are putting me first. Because a person who has humility, they will put God first. They put God's agenda first. They are about God, about kingdom business. That is a person who has humility. Number three, characteristics of a leader slash servant is they have to be responsible. You cannot be a leader over anybody. I don't care if you're a leader over one person. If you are a leader, you have to be responsible because whoever you are leading, you are responsible for them. You're responsible for them. When we are go, are we when we are seated before Jesus Christ, who is the judge. He is going to hold us accountable for the things that he created us for. He said, what is going to ask you? What did you do in my name? He's going to ask you about all the gifts that you have. He's going to ask you that those people that I called you to, how did you lead them? He's going to ask you about all these things. So we are responsible for those that we are called to. We are responsible for them. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 45 through 47 in the Amplified Version. It says, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the others in the house their food and supplies at the proper time? Blessed is that faithful servant when his master returns and finds him doing so. I assure you and most solemnly say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So as you see, when your leader, the one who um, who was in charge of you, the one that you've been following, the one your mentor, the, um, the ones that you uh, follow under, when they see that you are truly taking responsibility of your duties, of the people that you are in charge of, it says in verse 48, it says, no, 40, 47, excuse me. It says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. That when God sees that you are being responsible, He that is telling God that you are um trustworthy thank you holy spirit that you are trustworthy because god says if i can trust you with little 
then that proves that maybe I that I can trust you with more. He wants to see what you're going to do with the little before he gives you more. If you can handle um, paying your tithes with the with the small amount that you may be making, and then he said, if you can handle this, then yes, I'm going to bless you with more. I'm going to bless you with more income because you have been faithful. You have been trustworthy over the few. You have been trustworthy over these things that I'm giving you. And then you have proven that you can handle more. There's There are some people that are so quick to, help me Holy Spirit, are so quick to, uh, get promotions in the church so quick to get a title and they don't even understand what it means to have a title what it means to be in a leadership role they don't even understand what comes along with that it is not just about you know oh elder this and apostle this and bishop this it's not about that because when you, the oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because the bigger the title that you have, you're still required to serve. And that's what people don't understand. That even when you are a pastor, pastors serve. My pastors, my Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy Lynn Williams, they are servants. They serve. If you are, and let's take it to the natural, if you are an entrepreneur, you're still required to serve. You need to be able, a great business person is a person who knows the ins and outs of their business. That when they get to a certain place in their business, yeah, say if you have a fashion business and you know you were the one, you was creating the clothes, you was the one doing the business plan, you was the one that was doing all of the financial, you was doing the admin work, you was doing all of the things. But then God bless you as you got bigger and then he started, you were able to hire people to fulfill certain roles, right? So maybe now you don't have to do the admin work. You don't have to do all those things. And now you can be the CEO. You can be the one that's in charge of all operations. But say, for instance, somebody gets sick. Your salesperson, your sales associate gets sick. And a number of people get sick. Oh, you're going to be like, oh, well, no, I'm the CEO. I, I can't, you know, I can't be a sales associate. What does it look like for me to, to be out there at the cash register? It looks like if you want some money that you that you're going to be down there and being a sales associate because you need that, that spot to be filled. So that's why humility is important to being a leader, because even when you get to a higher position, if God needs you in a in a different position at another time. You have to be willing to put your pride aside and say, all right, I'll go. Even though that's not something that I really want to do, even if something that's not really something that I like doing, but if I need it in that area, then I'm going to do it. Why? Because it's acts of service. I am going to do something where I am needed, where I can be helpful. So therefore, I'm going to humble myself Take responsibility and go and go do what God is leading me to do. Why? Because I am needed. I am needed. I am required to serve in that area. Be responsible. 
Number four, characteristics of a leader slash servant. Kindness. Kindness. You have to have kindness. There's so many people with just nasty attitudes. And I'm not saying that. Oh, yes. My mom said a good CEO of, of a business has to be trained in all positions of your business in order to keep the business going. Exactly. Listen, yes, Mama T. Mama says you, they don't even understand what they are asking for exactly. When you are saying, okay, I want a title, you don't even understand what that even is all about. Listen, I'm good with the no names. I'm so serious. I'm so good with the no names. Like, I right, listen, I'm trainees. I'm the servant of the Most High God. I'm good with that. I don't have to have no title. <laughs> a title is just elevation of what you have already been doing for God. It's just elevation. It's already you already been doing it. You're just going to do that, continue to do that thing, but you're doing it on a different level. Nothing, nothing is really um, <laughs> taken away from you being a servant. You're just going to be a servant at a different level, <laughs> and you're probably going to serve more because you got a title. So no, I'm good. I'm good without the title. Listen, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying I'm good without it. <laughs> so number um. Number four again is kindness, kindness. So it's important for us to be kind. Important for us to be kind because with love languages, we have to be able to express love. We can expect to be fishers of men and be out there trying to um, draw souls to Christ. If, you know, we have this nasty attitude and we cussing like them and we um we rolling our neck. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say <laughs> because we are human and there are moments where people do try it. There are moments when people do try it, but the enemy knows your weaknesses now. This is why you got to listen. All right. You know, some some people getting out of pocket. You know, they they trying you. They they trying that button. Might be people on a job. Might be people in stores. My thing, I know for me, I don't like shopping. And what I realize is, it's not that I don't like shopping. I don't like being in the crowds when it comes to shopping. I don't like the shopping experience in the stores. I don't like going shopping and there's all these people and they're all in the aisles and they're all up on me and I don't have enough space to think and then it's bad enough that I'm not really seeing anything that I like in the store anyway and then it's yeah so anytime I go in a store I have to be careful of my attitude because I'm already on like kind of edge anyway because I'm like uh I don't know how this experience is going to be because I don't like people being up on me. That's just me. I know. You got to know. You got to be truthful about where you at. <laughs> so if you know that you're going in, the, in a situation or going in a place where you know you already going to be on edge, that's when you need to be prayerful and say, Lord, I'm about to go in the supermarket. And God, you already know how I am in a supermarket when it, when it's these long lines and it may not be enough cashiers. And I don't understand why every time I come in the store and it's not enough cashiers, they know good or well. We're on this time. This is peak time. You know, really have a conversation with God. Like, like Lord, you know how I am. I want to be in and out, but it may not be possible. So God, I need you to give me patience. I need you to give me temperance. 
I need you to help me because you already know how I am. Ask God for help. Ask God for help so that you can be kind because what we have to understand is, is that everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we are representation of God. We are ambassadors of Christ. People, the world is looking at our every move. The world looks at everything we do. As soon as they find out that we are saved, they're looking for us to fall. They're looking for us to, to slip up. They're looking for us to cuss. They're looking for us to, you know, to do things that is not like God. They're looking for us to slip. They're looking for us to, to catch a slip in. And even before they found out that we're saved, they, when you truly are a follower of Christ, when you truly are, have a relationship with Jesus, there is something about you that's going to be different. And they might not be able to put their finger on it, but they understand and they see why, because they're not looking at you. They see the Christ that lives in you. When they see us, they don't see us. They don't see trainees. They don't see Mama T. They don't see my mom. They don't see Laura. They don't see Jasmine. They don't see us. They see Jesus. We are created in God's image. Jesus and God are one and the same. Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit. When I'm saying Jesus, I'm saying God. When I'm saying God, I'm saying Jesus. Listen, one and the same. We're created in his image and they look at us. They may not be able to pinpoint it. It says something different about them, the way they carry themselves, the way they speak, the way they show love, the way they are not affected by what's happening in the world, even though they have every right to be upset by, you know, the the, um, the racial injustice, even though they right, they have a right to be upset because they lost their job, even though they have a right to be upset because of just, the, um, just everything that's happening and just them being sick and all of that. But yet and still they have a smile on their face. Yet and still they're not affected by what's happening around them. Something different about them. That is Jesus Christ. That is the love of God that's inside of us. Showing kindness. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 32. <clears throat> In the Amplified Version it says. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Being kind, being helpful, be compassionate, be understanding to people. Understand them, understand that Everybody, you know, sometimes there might be people that is having a bad day and maybe they don't mean to act a certain way or maybe they grew up in a certain neighborhood and maybe, you know, they, they have a lot going on in their mind and they don't understand, you know, they, they, they're lashing out. But we have to learn how to show love, I'm not saying just allow people to just treat you in your type of way, but we have to lead by example. We have to lead by example. Lead by example. Show kindness. Number five, we have to be genuine. We have to be genuine. Let's go to 1 Timothy 
1, verse 3 through 5 in the NIV version. And being genuine is talking about being authentic. It's talking about being real. When you are genuine is that when you do things for people, when you are trying to be helpful and show acts of service, that you will actually mean it, that you're actually being real and not being fake. Because people can smell that a mile away. Is that if you just say, oh, okay, you smile on their face. You know, the temptations talk about backstabbers. You smile on their face, but all the while you, you know, backstabbing them. Like, no, nobody wants fake people around them. Like, if you're going to be helping me out, if you're going to be showing the love of God, be real about it. Be authentic. You have to be genuine. First Timothy one chapter one verse three through five in the niv version it says as i urged you when i went into macedonia stay there in ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to missing endless gene genealogies such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing god's work which is by faith the goal of this command is love which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. These are all synonyms of being genuine, being pure, having, being sincere, being genuine. When you do things and when you operate in love, it needs to be genuine. That's what a true servant does. It needs to be genuine. I said, no, you don't like shopping since you was younger. <laughs> Ah, yes. Yes, you must be genuine. You must be genuine. Oh, Melissa, you don't like shopping either. <laughs> I'm not, just not by myself. <laughs> All right, guys. Number six. <clears throat> number six. So let's go over these uh, the first five again. So characters of a leader slash servant. Number one, you have to be available. Number two, you must have humility. Number three, you have to be responsible. Number four, you must show kindness. Number five, you need to be genuine. You got to be real, not fake. Number six, last but not least, you have to be selfless. You have to be selfless. Selfless. Let's go to Philippians. Chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 in the NIV version. And it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value, value excuse me, others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. My God. And then... It's, it's crazy, not crazy, but um, how all these words really are like one and the same. How when we was talking about um, responsibility, it's talking about being humble. When he's talking about being humble, we're talking about kindness. It, it all comes together, all comes together. You're some um, selfless. You have to have humility. And being selfless is about being kind, too, because that means you're choosing to put others before yourself. And that is um, one of um, God's commandments. That is actually the two. It says, love, love God first and foremost. And it says, love others as you love yourself. And those are the two that are the most important out of all the commandments. 
love God first and then love others as you love yourself. So being selfless is very important. We need to be putting others before ourselves. But as I said earlier with acts of service is that we have to learn how to balance that because sometimes with us having a servant heart, we can sometimes um, put others so much before ourselves that we forget to seek God first about his agenda for our lives and about the direction he has for us to go, that we are, are, are singing yes to projects that we were never supposed to say yes to. So learn how to have a balance when it comes to that. Yes, it's okay to, to want to be helpful. It's okay to want to meet, you know, and, and help out with all the mission trips and help out at the hospital and help out with the bereavement mission ministry and, and be, listen, and, and be available when the church doors are open. But make sure you have a balance. Listen, I'm, I'm not telling you anything that I haven't, haven't had to learn myself. Still learning. You have to have a balance. Know that, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, is that when when I uh, didn't have the podcast um, that night and God said, take this time to get some rest. And, you know, it's like, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, okay, well, God, I went to work, you know, and I'm just like, I have a thing. And it's like, okay, if I'm, you know, help going to work that I, if I'm able to go to my natural job, then I should be able to do what you want me to do spiritually. And if God is telling me to get some rest, I need to get rest. And I needed it because I was so tired. When I tell y'all I slept, I slept. <laughs> like, I was tired and God knew it. So you have to learn how to be, have a balanced lifestyle. Have a balance of it all. So be available. Be humble. Be responsible. Be kind. Be genuine. And be selfless. Be selfless. I pray that everybody was encouraged and uplifted tonight. Is that as we were learning about being a servant and about truly having a servant's heart, because essentially that's what it means to be a leader. That's what it means to be a leader. That's what it means to be a leader. <laughs> yes, Bobby, I need that rest. That's what it means to be a leader. So you guys, please take heed to what God was saying tonight about us being available to be used for his glory. That, you know, whatever God is leading you to do in this season, take heed to what God is saying and listen. Be that one, as, as Isaiah said. When God says, who can I send? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. Let that be your motto. Here I am. Send me. Because in that moment, if it's not meant for you to do, God says, no daughter or no son. This is not, this is not your assignment. But you need to be available to say, here I am. Send me, God. I may not be comfortable in this area, but here I am. Send me. I may not be the best speaker, but here I am. Send me. I may not have the best education, but here I am. Send me. I may not look the best. 
and that's according to your own opinion. But here I am, send me. I may not have enough money, but here I am, send me. Because when you have that type of heart and that type of mentality, God will honor you. And he shows favor upon those who are available, upon those who are selfless, upon those who are humble, upon those who are kind and genuine. He shows favor. And there is nothing like God's favor. There is nothing like God's favor. Favor is not fair. Nothing like it. Thomas T said, yes, be available and be obedient when God says no. Exactly. When God tells you no, don't, don't go on and do it. <laughs> you're going to find yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in. And you're going to say, listen, you did that on your own. Why? Because we have free will. We have the free choice to listen to God. And it's up to us if we want to listen or not. But we can't, we can't say that God didn't free, that God didn't warn us before we did it, because he did, right? All right, guys. So before I go, I do want to offer offer the, the gift of salvation to those of you that may not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And as we were talking about love and God's love language is talking about Jesus, the one who was sent to save each and every one of us and pay the price for our sins. And you are wondering, how can, how can I accept him? How can I receive salvation? How can I have Jesus a part of my life? It's so simple. And it's free. Jesus paid the price for our sins. And even though we have, we may, you may have committed some things and done some things that were not good. But God loves you so much that even before you were formed into your mother's womb, God knew you. He knew what you were going to do. He knew that you was going to make that bad choice. He knew that you were going to go along the wrong direction. But he also knew that you will be watching this podcast tonight. He also knew that you will be listening to this podcast at some point. And then this will be the open door for you to learn about his only son, Jesus Christ. And about what he did for you. Why? Because he loves you that much. He loves you that much. That because you tuned in on Instagram, because you listened on Facebook, because you listened on all the podcast channels. God says, I love you. And I'm calling you to accept my son as your Lord and Savior. So I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. I ask you, Jesus, that you forgive me of every one of my sins. Jesus, I repent and I'm turning away from my sinful ways. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried and you rose on the third day so that I can have life eternally. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I ask that you wash me, cleanse me, make me whole. 
renew my mind so that I can be right and clean before you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender myself to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. You are now a new creature. Heaven is rejoicing for your salvation right now. Heaven is rejoicing for you. Last call. For those of you that once had a relationship with Jesus, but somewhere down the road, you allowed yourself to separate from the things of God. You allowed yourself to disconnect and have a relationship with Jesus. Whatever took place, whatever you did, whatever was said, none of that matters right now. What matters is that you hear God calling you and that you take heed to his voice. Because the wonderful thing is about Jesus is that he'll give you another chance to get it right. And if you are truly sorry, truly remorseful for what you did, all you have to do is repent and say, Lord, accept me back into your good graces. Lord, I ask that you that Jesus come back into my life and be my savior again. When you say that prayer, you the slate will be wiped clean. God will forgive you. Why? Because the price was already paid for your sins. And now all you have to do is repent. So say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for turning my back on you. What I did was wrong. I allowed my pride to get the best of me. I allowed my own self to get in the way of having a relationship with you. Jesus, I already know that you died for me. I already know that you were sent to save me from a wretch like me. Jesus, I ask that you give me another chance to get right with you. Forgive me. Wash me again. Cleanse me again. Make me whole again. Renew my mind so that I will have the mind of Christ once again. Jesus, I surrender my will to you for real this time. And I am not turning back. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, welcome. Welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. He is worthy to be praised. You are back in the family of God. And it is such a beautiful thing to have a relationship with Jesus. It is nothing like it. So be encouraged, be lifted. Please, I encourage you to find a church home. If you don't have a church home, please find a church home because it's important that you have direction, whether you are newly saved or rededicated your life back to Jesus. It's important that you get a pastor, a shepherd that is going to help direct you, that you're going to get some good teaching and have fellowship and have accountability of your actions to make sure that you are doing what is needed. Why? Because now that you are saved and that you rededicated your life, you need help so that you can be a fisher of men and draw others to Christ. So I love you guys so much. Make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook. I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated. And on Instagram, I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. And we are available on all, say all, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. 
So make sure you stay tuned for that. We are on every Tuesday at 6 p.m. And we this podcast will be available tomorrow for those that want to listen to it on the podcast platforms. So until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.